You're listening to Table Chat. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza slash taco enthusiasts. This is our show where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat. Because the more you know, the more you can eat. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Where are we recording from right now? We are in Rachel's super cute like literally the cutest kitchen i've ever seen new kitchen <laughs> new kitchen yeah <laughs> coming from tucson arizona is yeah. where i moved new location new location me and aaron are now about an hour and a half to two hours away from each other but we have curated a new recording schedule mm-hmm. that allows us to record in person for every episode yeah yeah so we're up here for now yeah <laughs> Well, we have some really good things today for you. Um, We are getting deep again, talking about yet another topic Mm -hmm. that's very near and dear to our hearts, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the concept of health at every size. So we'll discuss our thoughts on the term, the messaging surrounding it. Um, We're going to do some myth busting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll chat all about how we get Beachbody ready. Psych! Beach body ready. Yeah, right. Yeah, we believe in feeling your best and having confidence in your skin. And that's all it really takes to get beach body ready. Yeah, you're beach body ready right now. Yeah, you, number one, have a body. And number two, if there was a beach, you could totally go. Therefore, beach Beach body. (laughs) So, right here, right now, bring on the swimsuit. Yes. But first, before we get any deeper into all of that, let's eat. So Rachel, you were in charge of our food for this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back on our plan that we had, um, we, I think we were actually pretty smart. We wrote down simple summer salad Mm -hmm. for um, this episode. For this episode. So let's face it, we're in the thick of summer. Mm -hmm. The last thing you probably do, you probably feel like doing is turning your oven on. Um, So what kind of salad-y dish did you make for us today? (laughs) Well, I will say I still had to use the stove for this recipe. (laughs) But this recipe yields a really great amount, and then you can use it for the rest of the week, or you could freeze it. And so while I did, you know, get a little warm and sweaty up here in my kitchen, I'll be reaping the rewards all week long. Uh, This dish is actually a Thai cashew quinoa bowl, and it is all thanks to listener Tracy. Yay! Thanks, Tracy. Um, Tracy created this dish herself. It's inspired by a delicious restaurant called Flower Child, which is local in Phoenix. We'll link to it if anyone's coming to visit Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Tracy, by the way, rocks. <laughs> she hosts a travel blog called 20-something Travels, and she's the head cookie enthusiast and baker at Pucker Up Cookie Bouquets. <laughs> we'll link to all of those different things. And she definitely knows both her cooking and her baking because she went to culinary school. Wow. Yeah, recently graduated. So let's talk about what's in this dish. I have the recipe here. Yeah. First, I um, cooked up some quinoa. And actually, instead of cooking it in water, she says to use coconut milk. Oh my, wow. I've yeah. never done that before. I've never done it either, but it worked really, really well. And so I also threw in some salt and pepper and a little bit of freshly grated ginger into the quinoa. Okay. Let it cook and simmer. Yeah. 
this recipe has chicken in it, which we all know my aversion <laughs> to cooking meat. But I was determined I was going to cook some really good chicken for this recipe. And I found an awesome method online. Okay. I think it originally appeared in The Joy of Cooking, which has been around for decades. But then I found a, a tutorial video on thekitchen.com. Mm-hmm. And so you take your chicken breast, make sure it's pounded evenly. Then you stick it in a lightly oiled pan. You put the heat up on like medium high heat and cook the one side of chicken for like a minute. Okay. Then you flip your chicken. Okay. Put a lid on it. No. Drop it down to a low, kind of like a simmer heat. Okay. And you leave it for 10 minutes. Really? Like that's it? Yes. Don't touch it. Don't open the lid. Don't do anything. Okay. And then once your timer goes off at about 10 minutes, let it sit and rest for another 10 minutes. Don't move the lid. <laughs> it made me very anxious. I wanted to check on it, you know, all of that. But no, right. after that time period, open the lid. It was literally cooked to perfection. What? It's like it almost poaches the chicken. Oh, wow. Okay. So super tender, super moist, cooked all the way through. Honestly, this is like one of the first times I've ever like successfully cooked chicken. Well, hey, yeah. congrats. Yeah. So feeling very proud. Um, there's also some kale, butternut squash, celery, onion, a little um, minced garlic mm-hmm. that you just saute up in a pan until all the vegetables are tender. Then you mix the chicken the vegetables, the quinoa, with a dressing that you make, which is more coconut milk, mm-hmm. peanut butter, and a little sriracha, mm-hmm. and just like presto, it's done, it's ready to go, it's yeah. right in front of us. And then we topped ours with some cilantro, I brought over some lime, because I love lime, <laughs> and then some cashews. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and full recipe, as always, will be up on tablechatshow.com. Mm-hmm. But should we should we try this uh, delicious yeah. bowl? Heck yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, we always make so much noise when we have to move our like plates and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Oh wait, let me make sure I have like <laughs> get an appropriate bite. Yeah. Oh wait, I have to put lime on it. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah. If I'm gonna be in your house, I need to get the full effect. Yes, yes. Oh wow. That is seriously delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm, oh. I'm going to go home and make this, like, tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can take some leftovers, but have some for the rest of the week, for Ooh, sure. Wow. So the kale, it, it's, it got tender, mm-hmm. but it still has a good crunch to it. It does, and I like the addition of the squash. Yeah. I think that's just another little textural thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely would add lime, mm-hmm. like what you said. Mm-hmm. And the sriracha, you got you to gotta have a little bit more. Oh. And I'm not gen- generally like a spice person, but mm-hmm. I do like what it brings to this dish. Uh-huh. It's very, it's rich without being heavy. Mm-hmm. The peanut butter, you can taste. Oh, has a lot of good Thai flavors. Oh, it's well, so good. Well, I think this is, this is our lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It is like 12, 10 on the dot. Mm-hmm. And I'm hungry. Um, tw- <laughs> At, like, lunchtime, not midnight. <laughs> but it was really pretty simple to make. It, um, if you clean up as you go, you don't have a big mess at the end. And I would say, including the chicken and the quinoa, yeah. maybe took about 25 to 35 minutes to make. Okay. 
Yeah. So it's really not that bad at all. Yeah, it all comes together really nicely. Mm-hmm. And this would do well in the freezer. I know Tracy said she's made, like, individual frozen meals out of this. Mm-hmm. And then um, would stay fresh, I think, up to a week. Okay. Maybe in your fridge. Yeah. So, on a scale of one to five, how would you rate this? Honestly, I would give this a five. I would, too. I think this is one of my favorite things we've had on the show. I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a full meal. <laughs> it's I, Honestly, yeah. It's not potato chips. It's not, <laughs> it's not our least favorite foods, thank Mm-mm. goodness. Mm-mm. Oh, they're so good. Great job. And thank you so much, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tracy, thank you so much for sharing your talent with us. And we'll mention this again at the end, but we are so open to more listener recipes. Oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what you guys can do out there. Oh, So, I mean, we should probably finish eating lunch. <laughs> probably, yeah. And then we'll get back to talking about health at every size. Yep. So, back to health at every size. But I think it's important to focus first on what that term means and actually the philosophy that surrounds it. So the health at every size philosophy promotes the concept that an appropriate healthy weight for an individual can't really be determined simply by the numbers on a scale, a height or weight chart, or by calculating a body mass index or your BMI. Yeah. Um, Rather, the term healthy weight is really the weight that a person settles at as they move toward a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, so and that's really like the defining aspect of this philosophy is that emphasis on a healthier lifestyle and not a diet or weight loss to reach like a predetermined weight. Mm-hmm. So instead, this lifestyle includes eating according to your hunger cues, your appetite, and feeling satisfied. What's that sound a lot like? <laughs> yeah, mm, intuitive eating maybe. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and participating in intentional physical activity that makes you feel good and something you can do for the long term. Mm-hmm. And you put it all together and you start to build self-acceptance and confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, but I do think it can still be a little confusing. Mm-hmm. I think like intuitive eating, there's a lot of openness. Oh, there, yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. So let's bust some myths. Let's do it. And we're going to have some awesome sound effects, guys. <laughs> Just wait for it. (laughs) Myth number one, that the term health at every size means that everyone is healthy regardless of their weight. This is false. There are people who are currently struggling with disease and others who may not be at the right weight for them. Again, it's not saying that weight change goals aren't valuable. It's more about supporting people to make good, healthy choices regardless of weight and size. Mm -hmm. So, myth busted. Busted. Myth number two. Health at every size means that people shouldn't be concerned about the food they eat or exercising. And that's false. Mm -hmm. So through the course of diet culture, somehow we've fallen into this mindset of the only way you should be concerned about health is through your weight. Yeah. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Health is multidimensional and both food and physical activity play a part. Yep. So So busted. Busted. Myth number three, if people quote unquote eat healthy, they will automatically lose weight. And if a person is quote unquote fat as like the media might say, um, they are probably not eating healthy. This is totally false. Um, there's no healthy, quote unquote, 
um, one size fits all perfection diet. Mm -hmm. And a healthy diet is gonna look different for different people. And often it has no relationship to body weight, which is what makes food so beautiful. It reflects our culture, our right. preferences. Yeah. So, busted. Busted. <laughs> and myth number four. People who eat based on cravings will eat junk food all the time. That is false. Super false. Super false. So like what we've discussed in our intuitive eating episode, um, these crazy cravings are more centered around those feelings of guilt, maybe feeling out of control, and maybe being told that you shouldn't eat that. Mm -hmm. And But the, the reality is, is that we're all human. We crave variety. And once there are no forbidden foods, we aren't constantly chasing the junk that that myth suggests we will. Mm -hmm. We eat balanced and are able to live outside our, of all of our food obsessions. Yes. So, myths busted. <laughs> <laughs> such dorks <laughs> so looking back on the feedback that we received from listeners family members and friends we actually realized that the term means different things to different people right as a lot of things do right and yeah. thank you to those who wrote in oh, yeah. either in comments or we've gotten emails to heytablechat at gmail.com facebook messages mm -hmm. awesome yeah so with all of your feedback, um, it really kind of brings about what we practice every day. And that's an individualized approach is pretty much always going to be the best way to discuss these types of topics. So let's learn a few things from each other. Yeah. So one of the first comments we're going to dive into comes from Claudia. Um, and she is currently in a PhD nutrition and physical activity program. Smarty pants. <laughs> Super smart. <laughs> she's also a dietitian too. Um, and she's a fan of our show. So yeah. Hi, Claudia. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so she brought up an excellent point um, on some factors that might be missing from some research out there that exists on health at every size. So I'll just read to you a little bit about what she wrote in an email to us. Claudia says, the problem when looking at this data is the researchers aren't measuring quality of life and pain. For example, I could have a client who's considered obese and is metabolically healthy. That same client could also be suffering severe joint pain from the extra weight. Without weight loss, this pain may not resolve. She goes on to say, we should embrace health, not weight or size. When approaching these topics, we should encourage our clients to become more aware of their body signals to hunger and fullness and how they feel before and after exercise or an active day versus a non-active day. These types of activities allow a person to become aware of what their body truly needs. These are the solutions that lead to lifelong health. The reality is, and Claudia feels the same way we do actually, mm -hmm. there's not a one size fits all approach that will work when it comes to weight loss, fitness, health, and happiness mm -hmm. in body shape and size. These are extremely personal issues. And when addressing these topics, they more often than not need individualized solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Claudia. I mean, like, wow, mic drop. I know. And like, again, everyone just showing us up on our own show. <laughs> everyone, everyone who listens could just produce this thing by themselves true. without us. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that really adds well to what we're talking about. It gives us mm -hmm. that side of health at every size that we might not think about the pain and yeah. the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to focus individually and say, okay, how am I feeling? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Claudia. Yes, thank you. Okay. Who else left us comments on social media? Oh, our friend Leslie, who lives Ooh. in Seattle, did. Oh, yeah. Um, she said... Um, and I quote, after reading intuitive eating and trying to invest in mindfulness for a while now in both my life and profession, health at every size means eating mindfully, which she goes on to say, like eating when you're hungry and only until you're full and having a variety of both health and play foods. She says moving every day, some more intense exercise mixed in. I love this part. She says, having self-compassion about your body, mm-hmm. which could mean buying nice clothes and good fitting clothes and then buying clean products for your body, which I thought was really intriguing. You know, things that are low toxins and allergens, buying mm-hmm. organic products when appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what I really loved about this was just seeing how people can interpret what that means. You know, I I have my own things in my head that I think of when someone says health at every size. Mm -hmm. But I love that idea of self-compassion and, like, providing yourself with the best of the best that you can purchase. Mm -hmm. Good, healthy products, clothes that make you feel awesome and confident. Yeah. So I I love that idea of what health at every size can include. Yeah, definitely. It's like putting yourself... Putting yourself and your health first and foremost. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we also had Katie write in, uh, who happens to be one of my little sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She sent us a short paragraph that someone on the internet wrote about health, weight, and self-esteem. And I think it really answers a great question that many people might have, which is, what does it mean if I start exercising and intuitively eating? I lose weight. And people seem to like me better that way. Does that mean I wasn't well-liked before? Does that mean they value my weight too much? I think that's a really tricky question. Oh, yeah. And something that's really important to approach. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe this short paragraph that my sister found will help answer that. And it says, When I started losing weight, I noticed people started talking to me or being nicer to me, and that my husband started being more affectionate towards me. I would lay in bed and think, fuck, man. (laughs) This is the woman speaking. Uh People didn't like me before because I was fat, and I would feel bad. That kind of bad that you feel in your bones, it makes your body ache. I didn't like to think that my worth was directly tied to my weight. What I've come to realize is that it's me. I'm nicer. I'm more approachable. I'm in a better mood. I smile. People want to talk to me because I want to talk to people. My husband is more affectionate with me because I am more affectionate with him. They weren't measuring my worth by my weight. I was. Oh, wow. That's powerful. It's very powerful, and it definitely hits home. Mm -hmm. Um, my, My sister said along with this paragraph that she sent that it helped her realize we can be our own worst critics, and it's totally true. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, yeah, this is so important to remember. Um, and, again, props to your sister. So yeah, wise. Yeah, thank you, Katie. So wise. Um, the, this comes up with a lot of um, my counseling clients, actually, in my practice. Um, they're working on and focusing on developing healthy habits or even just, like, stabilizing habits after maybe yo-yo dieting or maybe even dealing with a disorder. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, all those changes in, like, body composition – like if you lose weight, if you gain weight, or maybe if you're seeing like more muscle or something, mm-hmm. they can really start to play with your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another common element in all of that, I think, is 
and like what you said, you if if you've lived so long in, in the trenches of that, you tend to put off actually living your life because you don't you feel like you're not good enough at a certain size or a certain weight. Um, I have a really favorite quote from a blogger that I like. Her name is Andy Mitchell, um, and she had, she she writes, "We put our lives on layaway until we lose weight. Ugh. Like you're shorting yourself. It's so true. It is in many different ways. Maybe not going to a social engagement mm-hmm. where you feel like, oh, I won't fit in or I won't right. feel confident, right? Or even just like putting off." like Leslie has said, like buying those good quality things for yourself because maybe you think you don't deserve them. It's true. Or you're thinking, once I lose weight, I'll go get those things. Like, I don't want to invest in myself now. What if my body changes? Right. Well, it's like, dress yourself now. Take care of yourself now. You're awesome as you are now. Exactly. Start Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personally, BMI has been the bane of my existence oh mine too that body mass index that we mentioned earlier for as long as i can remember (laughs) so essentially it's a value that compares your weight to your height and it spits out a number that could range from being underweight normal weight overweight to obese Mm -hmm. so even though we use bmi all the time and you hear about it is it really all it's cracked up to be Well, when you look into the research, um, there's not a lot of data that supports a direct link between having that higher BMI or being on more of that obese range and poor health. Mm -hmm. The risk actually for mortality or death is actually highest when your BMI is underweight, which is a number like less than Mm 18.5, or your BMI is greater than 35, which means that you're obese. Some things like may be correlational, like obesity and being overweight with hypertension, um, sleep apnea is another good example, and others, um, but they don't prove causality. Mm-hmm. Also known as like being obese does not directly mean you will have those health issues. Right, right. Correlational does not equal something. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And. Right. You know what drives me crazy about BMI? And if if people are still unsure of what BMI is, a lot of times when you go to the doctor for like your physical assessment, they give you this number. Mm -hmm. Like my BMI, I think, is between 24 or 25, Mm -hmm. which is actually right in between being normal weight and being overweight. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) what's funny is George W. Bush, um, he actually was technically in the overweight category as well, even though he's been considered one of our healthiest presidents and he's extremely into fitness. (laughs) Like as a side note, can you imagine your annual physical exam being shared with not just the nation, but the world? Uh, No. No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And also those with a really high muscle to fat ratio may have a BMI that is high for example people like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and even <laughs> Navy SEALs yeah yeah which I'm sorry I want a Navy SEAL to be nice <laughs> and big to be able to help exactly. me and save me <laughs> right right yeah and there's so many other factors that are important to consider in those conditions like your nutrition how active you are Um, If you're stressed out, you know, how are those levels doing? And even just the stigma that if you weigh more, you're unhealthy, thus a burden on society. You know what? Into the no. No, no no. way. 
So to round things out, let's take a few minutes to focus on creating and cultivating a healthy body image. Yeah. So regardless of your size, shape, height, weight, we're (laughs) all rocking a body. We've all got one. Yeah. What are some things that can get in the way of that, though? Um, I think that one, and it's something that I feel really passionate about and I've talked about before, is clothing size. Oh, yeah. Um... Actually, just on our last episode, our favorite things episode, <laughs> my favorite advice that I received from my mom growing up was that the the size listed on the tag of your clothing means nothing. Mm-hmm. Cut it out. Exit out. Who cares? And actually, recently I was at a used bookstore and I posted this picture on our table chat show Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stacy London wrote a really great book. She is like a style guru. She used to co-host What Not to Wear, which is one of my still favorite shows. Yeah. And she had a table of all of the different numbers used for sizing across the world. And she's always been really great to give advice on not listening to that number on your clothing that it means almost nothing. Mm -hmm. You could be a size, I'm going to get these sizes wrong, but let's just say, for example, you could be a size two in the United States and like in England, or if you're wearing English designed clothes, you could be like a 12. Mm -hmm. So it literally doesn't matter. But why is this so important? for us to remember that's because again these numbers are completely arbitrary they don't reflect (laughs) they don't reflect how great of a friend you are they don't reflect like how cool you are to hang out with they don't reflect how good of a cook you are Mm -hmm. they don't reflect how fun you are at like the bar i don't know you know what i mean like it means nothing yeah it's really dumb i know and so there's been actually a few recent articles um one on reddit where a woman was shopping for a formal dress for a wedding and okay yeah she grabbed one in her normal size so i think she said she was a size six and on a whim she grabbed a larger size because she like noticed something kind of interesting and she grabbed a size 10 she, so she tried both of them on, and but she was amazed that the size 10 dress ended up being more flattering. Oh. So even just the cut of the clothing, like like the number could really mean nothing. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately how it's shaped and how it's you know created. And honestly, a beautiful body is one that's well taken care of, loved, and treated with respect. Oh my gosh, I love that. And um, just to like kind of like not even go on a tangent but to just like continue on that i think another thing that can get in the way in multiple different ways is photoshop have you heard of it oh yeah (laughs) you don't say one it's it's unrealistic it's fake Mm -hmm. like it's literally airbrushing and trimming and things like that yeah um but i think it can create even more body shaming than already happening um and what i mean by that is there are women and men who are quote-unquote supermodels or maybe are just your average next-door neighbor who are naturally slender and tall. That's a body type. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we need to remember what we see in a magazine or on social media could have been altered even further. Um, Our bodies are all, I think, really different and that's okay, but it's still not cool to body shame people who maybe are thin. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. We, I think we need to shame what the culture is doing. And that is that the culture has decided that nobody is good enough if not retouched. Yeah. Um, for example, like my, my sisters, I have two sisters. They're twins. They're both 
tall, really elegant looking girls, um, very slender. And it still hurts them to get negative comments. Like they've been told things like you need to eat and you must have an eating disorder or like you're so lucky you get to eat whatever you want. Or the things like you need to gain weight or you're not eating uh, enough, you know? Yeah. But like that's their body type. It's still a real body type. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to remove from ourselves those comments we make about magazines, mm -hmm. about maybe people in pictures who are slim, mm -hmm. thin, slender. Instead of saying that's not a real body type, we need to acknowledge the Photoshop is not real. Yeah. But those people are real. They still have they still have a body and it's still real and it still counts. It's very true. Very, very true. Yeah. And this, this happens all the time, like with certain celebrities, like Daisy Ridley, yes, for example, from Star, Wars. From Star Wars, she was told that like, she didn't have the right body type to play, you know, her, herself in the movie. And I just, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, even my girl, Wonder Woman, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Coming out soon. Yeah. Or at least the woman who's playing her in the movie, um, Gal Gadot. Okay, here's another example. She is. She actually used to be in the Israeli army. Oh wow! Yes, she's like hardcore. She's like she is really, really strong. But her natural body type is just kind of slim and slender, uh -huh. and maybe she doesn't put on muscle as easily as someone else does. Uh -huh. But the fact that people were like, she can't play Wonder Woman because she doesn't look like Amazonian princess should be, and then. First of all, there's no guide that says what an Amazonian princess should look like. But also, just that's just who she is. Right. She's still a real woman with a real yes, body. Real women, real bodies. Right. Everywhere. Right. You know, I, I saw a article, an article that BuzzFeed posted. Yeah. And it was like 15 great lacy bralettes for every woman. Yeah. Well... Even when I saw like the front picture of the article, I thought, okay, I don't have breasts that could like fit in a bra like that, but it's very cute. And mm -hmm. then I got curious about the comments, what other people might have been saying. Yeah. And so there were some women that took to the comment section to say, no one can wear these. These are not made for real women. These bras are too small. They're for like people without boobs, blah, blah, blah. But then there were more women who chimed in and said, actually this is a bra that would fit me. I have small breasts or I'm very right. flat chested. And I think it's really important on either side, whether someone is very curvaceous mm -hmm. and maybe shorter and has a big right. chest or like there's a, a girl who's really tall and slender, just naturally so. We need to acknowledge, again, both of those body types are real and important body types. And it doesn't mean if an article is published about you know, like bras for smaller chested women, that that's not an important article. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? Um, one more thing, actually. That reminds me of, um, do you remember reading, did you ever read like Seventeen Magazine when you were a kid? Yes, I, yes, I remember reading it. Yeah. So in all of those magazines, they used to always have some sort of article that showed like how to dress for your body type. Mm -hmm. And it was like pear shape, square shape, rec they just had arbitrary mm -hmm. shapes or uh -huh. something. And I remember just feeling kind of like, so if I don't fit into one of those shapes, does that mean that I can't like be a part of what they're wearing? I'm just not that cool enough mm -hmm. and I don't have that body type. Right. And that just, like seriously, it can just start at such a young age, I think, of just showcasing that you need to be a certain way mm -hmm. or look a certain way. And 
Yeah, it just comes back to what we were saying in the beginning of there is no one single way to have a body. Yeah. Like at all. Great. And we need to celebrate all of that. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your favorite resources or maybe like people you follow on social media that provide some body positivity? Well, one is my girl, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. She's an MMA fighter. She's been in the Olympics. She's a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I really admire her, even though in the media, I think she kind of gets tossed around as just being like too tough, yeah. you know? Yeah. But um, she actually posted a picture recently from when she was on a talk show, I think maybe like Jimmy Fallon or something okay. like that. And then posted an identical picture moments later and said... I didn't realize that the picture I was sent to promote had been altered. I want people to know that that's not how I look. This is the real picture. I'm sure that the altering was done out of good intention or not done maliciously, but I'm proud of my body. This is what I look like. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that she does that and she's quick to correct when those types of things happen. Cool. And take ownership, even though she didn't alter those photos herself. Right, right. Um, another one I really love following is Catherine Budig. She, have you heard of her? I have. Is she the, does she do yoga? She does. Okay, she does yeah. yoga. She's like a huge yogi guru master. Yeah. Um, I think she's like a spokesperson for Under Armour, like has a lot of great deals going for her. Just wrote a book. Right. Um, she wrote an article recently, I think in women's health, um, She was sitting on a bed, just kind of kneeling, and she had a little bit of a stomach, as some people might call. Yeah. And what she wrote about was like, I might not have a six-pack, but I am active every day of my life. I teach yoga classes back-to-back every day. I eat well. I respect my body. Right. And I just am never going to have a flat stomach. I've never had a flat stomach. And she's been really open about that, and I enjoy following her. Um, She eats a lot of delicious looking food and actually her new book has some recipes in it oh cool yeah and then another one who's actually also a yogi is um dana falsetti okay um i always forget what her name is because um her instagram handle is nola trees okay so i always think her name is like tree or something (laughs) but she's also she's maybe what the fashion industry would call a plus size individual but she's also very fit does a lot of really challenging yoga poses Mm -hmm. and is a really big advocate for health at every size right and also for not apologizing when you are being active and eating correctly and your body changes exactly um you know when she started her journey she was a little bit heavier and she had some of her fans start to call her out when she was losing weight and saying, you, you used to preach, you know, being bigger and doing yoga, and now you're just trying to fit into a mold. And she posted a really beautiful statement saying, I'm not going to say sorry for the way my body changes over time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm living a healthy lifestyle, and this is just the result is sometimes your body fluctuates. That's so true. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any good resources? I do, yeah. Um, one of the first is, uh, an organization and actually, they actually have like a modeling agency on the side of it, but I've been following them for a long time. They're called healthy is the new skinny. They really do promote the use of no Photoshop and they promote 
that there's really no wrong way to have a body. So all of their models vary in height, they vary in size, they vary in shape, color, like everything. Mm-hmm. And they're all about just promoting like having that healthy body image to just have confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their agency that has those, they're called natural models. And I think it's a start. You know, I think with the fashion industry, it, it, it always feels like we're just kind of getting there little by little. But I think wh- hopefully one day, maybe we can feel like we don't have to aspire to look one certain way and we can kind of start using... Like, I, I'm a really big fan of when companies use, like, real women or, like, and when I say real, I mean, like, everybody. Like, yeah, you're a your line neighbor, of, yeah. you, me, like, like all kinds of women. And mm-hmm. so I like when, it, it's like if you walk into the grocery store and you, like, see people in the aisles, like, they use those people in, like, a campaign yeah. for, like, soap. <laughs> exactly. And again, like, they will all have different body types. Exactly. Like, even when Dove used to do, like, the real women yeah, campaign, yeah. you would have women who looked maybe more like, quote unquote, supermodels mm-hmm. that were very tall and slender. Mm-hmm. But then you also had women who were maybe shorter and very toned and right. women who were very curvaceous. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think I always follow them. It's it's a start. They have really cool um, merchandise you can buy, and <clears throat> and some of, uh, a lot of the time they do, like, different retreats and stuff, so you can go and you can go do, um, like, a hike or something. Like, I did one recently up in Sedona. Um, cool. And that, so that was really fun, and you, you just kind of meet other women who feel the same way. Um Actually, the term health at any size, um, I think a great resource to kind of like pick up maybe some good research articles um, is from the National Eating Disorder Association's website. They have really good stuff there. Yes. Yeah. Um, And also some other role models, I think, are just people that just don't really give a shit, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) about like what a culture norm is, what a society norm is, an industry norm. Um little fun fact actually like back in the day I did a little bit of plus size modeling for for, I did not know this about you so it was a little random but I never aspired to like like a part of me wanted to always like be part of an agency or something like that but this was back in like middle school high school this is so interesting so it was like a one it was like two one to two times for torrid have you ever heard yeah, that yeah, story the, the, yeah the brand yeah and so wow it was like a mall fashion show oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> yeah so i should you have walked the catwalk uh, yeah i gotta find some pictures but yes. um but at the time like i felt so i felt kind of ashamed personally like even though I felt so empowered because I was a kid I felt so ashamed by the fact that I was a size 12 at the time and so I just never pursued it and I just never like wanted to go down that path but I do appreciate models like Crystal Wren or like Ashley Graham or like Dana you're one of your girls um who are just breaking boundaries and maybe just refusing to let themselves be photoshopped or ridiculed Mm -hmm. right um Yeah. So lots of resources. I could go on and on, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in for our Health at Every Size episode. I, I mean, I knew we'd both have a lot to say about it, 
but I love the discussion that came from it and we'd love to hear from you all if you have more to add or you have specific experiences that have been really impactful kind of living in this philosophy or coming to it so as always if you ever want to dine with us as you've seen today always feel free to send us a recipe we seriously love getting those suggestions and we love putting them in the show heck yeah yeah let's keep the conversation going Mm -hmm. yeah um if you have any questions food or nutrition related or you just want to chat with us some more Mm -hmm. um we would seriously love to hear from you yes you can reach us lots of different places if you are on facebook just search the table chat show you can like us we post pictures there start conversations there we're on twitter and instagram both of those places were at table chat show we have especially a lot of fun on instagram i think it's a really fun platform yeah and then you can email us personally at heytablechat at gmail.com we do get those emails and we Mm -hmm. respond to them and on our website tablechatshow.com always going to have full recipes there resources that we'll link to we'll send on you know on today's show notes lots of links to articles and people that you can follow on instagram as well for more body positivity yeah thank you so much for chatting with us around rachel's kitchen table (laughs) (laughs) my new one (laughs) now go away Go live, go do your thing, and catch us next time on Table Chat, the show that's always beach body ready and fucking awesome at every size. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This lunch break is going to be uber fun to edit out. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stepped away from the mic. Cool. Time for the Aaron Comedy Hour. <laughs> so what dad joke do I have today? <laughs> oh, I know. The one that I sent you very, very late at night. So what do you... I don't even remember it now. Oh my god. This is so stupid. You're welcome.